T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast t-mobile has invested billions to light up america's largest 5g network from big cities to small towns including right here in yours and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. And it starts with the conversation that I've heard, not just... On this station, on every station, that kind of comes out of the the fallout from this weekend, which is, uh, listen, we're not going to talk a lot today about San Francisco and Philadelphia, mostly because Brock Purdy and Josh Johnson got hurt in the first half, and then that game pretty much sucked. I don't know definitively that game would have been better with those two guys playing. I know it probably couldn't have looked much worse. However, all the talk today, uh, just everywhere, has been the AFC title game. 
And I'm just going to admit to you something. Um, yes, I was 100% rooting against the Cincinnati Bengals last night. If you heard Friday's show, you probably knew that that was going to be the case. Now, I'm not saying rah-rah. I didn't have a, a, a Pat Mahomes jersey on. I wasn't rocking the big kahuna shirt like Andy Reid, you know, shave my face into a mustache and eat 12 cheeseburgers. I'm not saying that kind of support. But was I in my head? Was I happy when good things happened to the Chiefs? And was I not happy when good things happened to the Bengals? Yes. And... It's interesting to to talk about that because, one, I'll just be honest with you guys, that Burrowhead thing pissed me off. I'm cool with talking smack. I'm cool with um, with kind of friendly uh, banter and witty banter and shooting back and forth. But whether Mike Hilton intended it as such, Arrowhead Stadium is like a really important place in NFL history, and the Chiefs are a really important organization. And – because you beat them once in the playoffs, and again, it sent you to the, the Super Bowl last year, good for you, blah, blah, blah. Man, it really irked me. It really, really, truly irked me. So I didn't like that. I thought that the overall, I just thought the Bengals talked too much crap. And it kind of felt like a moment where the Bengals talked too much crap, and I kind of wanted to see them not back it up. All right, all of that, on top of the Cincinnati mayor being a dink, on top of that, um, the fact that Cincinnati is a rival. It's a rival town to Cleveland. I don't care that Joe Burrow is from Ohio. Athens is about as far, Athens, Ohio feels about as far away to me as Athens, Greece. So I don't care that. I don't care that they're technically in Ohio. There's plenty of things technically in Ohio that I don't have to stand for. So I was rooting against the Cincinnati Chiefs on Sunday, but what really, really, I'm going to try and get my voice lower. Really, there we go, irked me and irritated me was the pro-Bengal sentiment in town. Guys, I know I'm not saying everybody has to feel this way. You can feel whatever way you want to. I already have to live in areas and, and see people in in my home region, because that's really what this is. It's not just Cleveland. It's Akron. It's Canton. It's Youngstown. It's Medina. It's all the way out to Sandusky. It's Ashtabula. It's it's everywhere. It's, it's Amish country. It's all of it, right? I already have to have to drive through uh, where my, my wife grew up in Ravenna in Sea Steelers flags. All right. I have a per on on the random occasion. I've had to drive through um, Akron, and every once in a while, somebody who says the real Brides are in Baltimore has a Ravens flag up. And guys, both of those things fill me with incredible amounts of rage. Unless you were born a Steelers fan, or unless you were born a Ravens fan, you can kiss all my ass. If at any point you were a Cleveland fan, and then you became a fan of one of the chief rivals in town. As a fan, I don't respect you, all right? And that sounds really, really, it's a, it's a, I almost said football Monday. That's not a thing we do here. But it is a post-playoff football Monday here, all right? So I'm not trying to blow you up specifically if you heard that and you were one of the people that jumped off the Browns bandwagon to go for one of those godless places like Baltimore or Pittsburgh, right? If you, if, if it broke your heart and you became a Chiefs fan, get it. If you broke your heart and you became a Bills fan, totally get it. 
Hell, if you decided, I've had enough of this suffering, I'm going to be a Lions fan. One, I want you drug tested. Two, I get it. But I already have to see, in this home region, I already have to see a plethora of Steelers fans and just enough Bengal, or just enough Ravens fans that make me want to vomit. And so people that tried to sell, and, in, and listen, it started with Anthony Lima. It didn't start with Anthony Lima, but he brought it up. And I love Anthony Lima. I, I feel like I say that right before I insult people all the time, which usually it's funny, but not people I work with. I do love Anthony Lima, but got to be honest, the 17th person that I heard last week being like, you're rooting for the Bengals this week, then the hell I am. It's a division rivalry. Something we'll get into later in the show. I'm going to up sell this fight. At some point, I'm going to hate Joe Burrow a hell of a lot more than I hate Pat Mahomes. Because one of those guys, I'm guaranteed to see twice every year. That's before we talk about a playoff matchup like the Ravens and Bengals had in the first round of the playoffs this year. So, yes, I was rooting against the Bengals, and some of it was the Bengals talked too much and then got beat, and some of it was that the pro-Bengals sentiment really just irritated the hell out of me. I know that there might be lost generations of Browns fans out there, or maybe just you know, fandom in general has changed for people under 40 as opposed to maybe our parents' generation. But I understand. It's a lost generation. Oh, the Browns have withered away. The fan base has withered away. It's funny. When I go down to, to like, the Muni lot or when I go over to our tailgate, I don't ever really see a withering. But I get it. It's easy to punch down at the Browns. But when I actually see people start to root for people that we should actively hate, yeah, it didn't bring out the best in me. And also, and I can't emphasize this enough, that Cincinnati mayor is a total dink. And I hope that, I almost, <laughs> almost said the bad thing. I hope that person, uh, I, hope, I hope he gets run out of Cincinnati. Wouldn't it be great if he got impeached? Like you went out there the Friday before you played Pat Mahomes in Arrowhead for a chance to go to a Super Bowl. And mind you, since he has never won a Super Bowl. All right? And you basically looked... The sports gods in the eye, mayor of Cincinnati, whose name I refuse to know because you will now go back to being completely uh, out of sight, out of mind because you're the mayor of friggin' Cincinnati. You basically looked the football gods in the eyes and hit him with the old DX crotch chop and were like, all right, what are you going to do? Well, you got beat. Enjoy it. And I think the other funny thing here is I don't necessarily hear that people are, I, I did see a little bit. A few people, whether it's on social media, I've started to see the Mahomes fatigue set in here. But when we were talking about the the games and anybody they talked to, it does feel like people are bored with the Chiefs. Like that, that the Chiefs winning, which by the way, that means that Pat Mahomes in five years as a starting quarterback has either been to the Super Bowl or his team has topped out in the AFC title game. He's never done anything less as a starter than the AFC title game. So LeBron had eight straight NBA finals. Pat Mahomes has five straight AFC title games, including now his third Super Bowl in five years as a starter. Not just five years. In his first five years as a starter in the NFL. So I get it. Guys, I hated Tom Brady with a lot of you. I had a touch of blah with Kobe Bryant because I was a big Shaq fan, and I really didn't like Kobe after uh, he kind of broke up that tag team, right? 
So I've I've I indulge in sports hate. Guys, I just told you I was actively rooting for the Cincinnati Bengals to lose this weekend because it would bring me some level of satisfaction. But are we really bored with the Chiefs and their success? Cuz like I'll be honest with you guys, if if the Warriors had never played the Cavs in four straight NBA finals, I never would have hated the Warriors. Like don't get me wrong, Draymond Green punched dudes in the biscuits. That's not great. And more often than not, he'd punch dudes in the business, and then he'd be like, what? You throw people out for that? I probably, Draymond's that classic guy of, if he's on your team, you love him. If he's playing against you, you hate him. But given that that's a Western Conference team, I never would have played, the Cavs never would have played him enough, if not for in the NBA Finals, that I would have hated the Warriors because of Draymond Green. In fact, Klay Thompson is the 11th pick in the NBA draft the same year the Cavs drafted Kyrie Irving. So that's a great story. Like, Klay Thompson becoming arguably one of the best, second-best players in a championship team before they traded for Kevin Durant, it's a great story. Steph Curry, a guy who, in NBA history, an undersized combo guard who shoots the crap out of the ball from three-point. All right, there's another guy. Oh, by the way, he's a great guy, great dad, great human being, right? I never would have had warrior fatigue if it weren't for the fact they played the Cavs in the, the title game every single year. I might get Pat Mahomes fatigue if Pat Mahomes is bouncing your ass out of the playoffs over the next three years on his way to more AFC title games. But today, all right, yeah, he beat Baker Mayfield in 2020. And let's be honest, that game was house money. You had been dog crap for 20 years. Um, you were without your head coach. You went into Pittsburgh and you beat the Steelers. Not just beat, you beat down the Steelers in Pittsburgh to advance to the next round of the playoffs. Anything that happened after that, I wasn't going to be upset about. Even though they did totally kick your ass and that was not great. It didn't feel great in the moment. That's what I'm saying. But like, I don't know. I can't, I cannot get it in my soul to either be jealous of sports hate I'm jealous of the fact that Chiefs have been so good for a decade. I'm jealous that they've gone from Alex Smith and winning to Patrick Mahomes and really winning 64 and 18 in five years as starter is Patrick Mahomes. Or I know, sorry, 64 and 16, if I'm remembering correctly. But man, I'm kind of excited to see the little engine that probably shouldn't this year in Kansas City with uh, with Mahomes coming off the ankle injury up against uh, Philadelphia in a team that looks like the empire right now. I'll be they could not have said it more referring to Burrowhead. I love how pissed the Chiefs were about that. Guys, I get it. There should be almost anything's on the table with talking smack when it comes to when a championship or a chance to go to the Super Bowl is on the line. Almost anything. But much like uh much like Anchorman, leave the mothers out of this. All right, there are certain things that just Maybe don't if you've only beaten a team once in that in, in the playoffs in that environment. Maybe don't name it after your quarterback, right? Maybe don't do the who's your daddy thing. Maybe just you know you. It's not. I'm not asking people to be humble here, but just be a little self-aware that that's probably gonna ding you, and that's the ding. A ding you more than it's gonna make you look cool. Ding. But real quick here, we got Jose. I want to get into. Uh, what has become the biggest talking point of last night's game? 
And to me, it's just excuses. But, Jose, welcome to the show, buddy. What you got for us? Hey, hey, Nick. Good to talk to you again. I miss you on night. Uh, good, anyways, good to talk to you too, buddy. Yeah. Uh, I agree with 90% of what you were saying in your opening monologue. Mm-hmm. For me, when it comes to the playoffs, if, well, regular season, obviously, I'm rooting for the Browns. I want the Browns. All hands down. But once they get eliminated, it pretty much be, I just become an NFL fan. I'm watching teams, watching who's going to be better, who's, who's got the moxie. And even depending on what AFC team makes it to the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. I'm going to root for AFC. Except I might start rooting for the Ravens because that SOB is in bed with Satan finally where he needs the bomb, mm-hmm. but we're not going to go there. He kind of did. Uh, but you know who I'm talking about on that one. Uh-huh. Uh, but I do agree with you. It, once the Browns, if the Browns have a chance, you need to root for the Browns. Mm-hmm. Once they're eliminated, just enjoy it for what it is. NFL football, it's playoffs. Look at how the teams are going, and and just go from there. I rooted for KC because I knew KC was going to be the better team. Yeah, and and listen, you know what I'll say? So I root for a couple things. I thank you for the call, Jose. Always good to hear from your buddy. I, I do root for what I think will be the best Super Bowl, and Pat Mahomes, and it's wild to say this because remember Pat Mahomes' first Super Bowl was up against uh, the 49ers front four at their absolute zenith. Like, I think that was before DeForest Buckner got traded. Um, there were a couple other guys on that who I think are still starting in the NFL. Like, Kerry Hyder, I think, was like their fourth best edge rusher, and I think he starts now. So, I, it's it's a high bar. I think I, my whole thing was you've got maybe the most creative quarterback on the planet in Pat Mahomes, and maybe even the most creative quarterback we've ever seen, although I'd, you know Aaron Rodgers deserves a, a spot in that. There are other guys that deserve a spot in that, but maybe the most creative freestyling quarterback I've ever witnessed with my own eyes against maybe one of the best front fours we've ever seen. And it's tough because, again, we've seen a lot of great of that. It might not even be the best to some that Mahomes has seen, but I root for that. I do root for a matchup like that, a narrative like that. I also root for chaos, and I also I root against them. Like I, I heard Ken talk about this this morning that it it just didn't feel right because the Browns aren't in the playoffs. Isn't that the thing? If you don't that if you don't have a team, if you don't have a dog in the hunt, isn't the next best thing you can do than rooting for your team is rooting against a rival of your team? Because that's where I was this weekend. But excuses and to the name of excuses that's all the Bengals have this morning and I've heard every single excuse the refs jobbed them right the refs jobbed the Cincinnati Bengals I heard people say they wanted golden boy Mahomes into the Super Bowl it was Pat Mahomes versus Joe Burrow if anybody in the NFL right now gets the kind of calls that Pat Mahomes allegedly gets it's Joe Burrow And maybe Josh Allen. There are three golden boys at quarterback right now in the NFL, and I just named them. So this idea that it was golden boy on golden boy, some sort of crime, no, 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 no. I've I've heard people dissect the Joseph Osai hit, which was a clear, a clear hit 
after Mahomes had had stepped out of bounds, and honestly, it wasn't even close. Not only was it a a, a clear penalty on Mahomes, because I saw Florio. Oh, well, if that was a running back, would that have been the call? Yes, you know why? Because it was the right call. The referees didn't screw Cincinnati. Nobody screwed Cincinnati other than Cincinnati's play. Joe Burrow had two interceptions. That feels like a bigger thing than uh, the Chiefs being allowed to repeat third down. Um, What else was it? Oh, five sacks. And by the way, I was shocked at the end of the night. It was only five sacks. There were five sacks last night on Joe Burrow. It could have been 20 sacks. That's how much pressure he faced, especially early in that game. Now, those five plays or those plays where he honestly had to either uh, throw into the turf or throw the ball away, and there were probably, on top of those five sacks, there were probably another 10 to 15 plays directly impacted by quarterback pressure. Now, those 20 plays matter more than the one play of, of, Joe, Joseph, of Joseph Asai, even if it wasn't a fair call. 216-578-0092. Do you guys think the referees cost Cincinnati the AFC championship game? Because I'll tell you, I agree. Like, it's bizarre that a play happened we didn't hear a whistle, and referees all of a sudden let the the, the Chiefs have a, a second go at it on on uh, third and whatever. That's, that was not great. I would also say, by the way, nobody seems to mention the holding call, the phantom holding call on the Chiefs that cost them an Isaiah Pacheco running touchdown in the, the first quarter that turned into three points. Nobody talks about how that almost cost the Kansas City Chiefs games because what I realized is it's just the easiest thing to bitch about. It really is. And again, I, I don't think the refs did a good job. In fairness, when was the one time anyone has ever heard anyone say, you know what I really took away from that NFL playoff game? How well it was officiated. I mean, just right down the middle, not a missed call or not a makeup call. I mean, it was just, that was a flawless refereeing job. I've never seen it tweeted. I've never heard it uttered. It has never been said. It does not exist because it's never happened. And I think, the I, listen, the refereeing was not good enough la- yet last night. I can say that. I also think some of the reason why people are saying it this morning is it cost them money. I, I th- And I, I, it's not just this. Dustin and I have had conversations off air where Dustin has, has lost a, a bet on the NBA and Dustin's been like, I think the NBA's rigged. But yeah, I would too if I just lost $250. By the way, it was a lot more than $250. I just didn't want to put my boy on the spot. But I think some of this is just there's a lot of money out there in gambling and people are getting pissed that their 8,000 to 1 odds on a ridiculous 12-leg parlay got cost on one of the legs. Never mind that you chose the Bengals in the money line. It was all the referees taking away an anytime touchdown on Isaiah Pacheco on why the referees are the problem. I mean, Ian Rappaport's, uh is is passing this along. The NFL knows. He said it multiple times on multiple programs. I just saw another clip floating around in the ether on the internet. The NFL knows it has an officiating problem. And listen, I've watched Jerome Boger call an NFL game. I know the NFL has officiating problems. It isn't new. It's not new to this year. It's not new to last night's game. It has been an ongoing issue. 
And no, for one more time, no, the Bengals were not cost that game. They had 10 offensive drives, two of which ended up in, in, in direct turnovers, in, in interceptions by Joe Burrow. And then in the other eight drives, how many offensive touchdowns did they score last night? Two. That simple. Chiefs also got hosed on probably less calls. Chiefs were also the better team for most of that game. Probably 75% of that game. And there's a part of me, you know, because I kind of started the show complaining about the pro-Bengals sentiment in this town. There's a part of me that in a lot of the complaints I hear about last night's game, a lot of it are people who were just rooting for the Bengals. 216-578-0092. Did, uh, does the NFL have an officiating issue? Because I'm pretty sure they've been saying that since the first Super Bowl over 50 years ago. Devin, welcome to the show. What you got? Hey, Nick. How are you today? Doing very well. Thank you for being respectful before we disagree. Absolutely. Uh, just I, I, I look at it this way. I'm going to compare it to back to a couple years ago when the Browns got, had that no targeting call at the it was before the and, and before the halftime. And that we can all sit here and say yes, two years ago, three years, whatever it was, that should have been a targeting call. But at the end of that, that call didn't affect the way the Browns. You know, they could have at the end of the game. They could have went down and scored a touchdown to pull ahead of the Chiefs in the AFC Division, but they didn't. Just like last night, I, there, I agree with you. There's all the calls I think were right. Uh, I don't think I don't know what this making excuses for Cincinnati is, but you Cincinnati had multiple opportunities to go down the field and score, and that throw at the end of, uh, close to end of, end of regulation when Joe Burrow threw that pick, that's not on the refs. That's strictly on Joe Burrow. So this whole attitude of just Oh, it's the ref's fault. No, it's not. It's the Cincinnati's fault, and that's why they lost. And get tell you what, man, what goes around comes around, and they talked all that crap, and that's what you get. So, just what it is. Yeah, there was a big part of me, and we ended up agreeing. I, this the the call screener said we disagree. Uh, Devin, thank you. Disagree or agree, I like you either way. But uh, yeah, it, and it kind of reminds me back of the DPI call against the Saints when the Rams first went to the Super Bowl with McVay where that call directly cost the the Saints the game, even then. In a, in, in a moment where, like, all right, in that moment, it's the end of the game, all right, but that's one of 70 plays, one of 80 plays, one of 100 plays. So I don't think last night's game came down to a play. Like every game, whether it's NBA, NFL, it came down to seven or eight plays. And was that uh, Joseph Asai hit one of them? Yes, it, w- it was also the right call. That was the easiest call in the history of time. It could have been the backup long snapper taking that hit, a guy that the NFL referees have no reason to hit, care about. It would have been called. And it was 100% right. And no additional third down plays. Um, I, I'm trying to think of the other like issues that people have had. They're somewhere in there of the 80 most important plays in that game. It doesn't outdo the Bengals' own mistakes. Dave, welcome to the show, buddy. What you got for us? Yeah, man, uh, I can't argue on the, the officiating call there. My, uh, 
only thing the problem is it came down to that last play, the Osai play. During that scramble, there was a block. There was a illegal hands to the face, and there were two holding calls that they didn't call on that same play. Mm-hmm. It just seemed like it went to one side or the other on that last play. For both teams to play that hard for the whole game, and it's come down to officiating to basically make that make that game decision what it is. It just it, it just didn't seem right. It just kind of sunk in poorly. And I don't have a dog in this race. I'm a Browns fan, mm-hmm. and I only respect three other teams in the NFL, and neither one of those two teams are it. All so, right, Dave, we got to run, buddy, but thank you for the call. Um, I mean, it didn't come down to that game. That was just the last play the Bengals could have won or, or could have made a turnover or could have made this, could have made that. Like, I don't know. Listen, the NFL at large, there are officiating problems. There are things they need to work through. Now, how do you reconcile that versus people will never approve of the jobs that the refs do? You could have 99% accuracy, and people are still going to be pissed about the 1%. Totally get it. I would also say that that doesn't mean that's why a team loses. It just means it looks bad for the NFL. And for as much money as they do have coming to the NFL, I'd be shocked if the NFL didn't find a way, creative way, to address that in the near future. Here's how good the NFC title game was. As we were now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Coming back from break, I thought, do I want to talk about my kids' basketball game this weekend or do I want to talk about the the NFC title game? I really want to talk about my kids' uh, basketball game this weekend. Now, my my daughters, my beautiful, uh, three beautiful daughters, I have I've experienced moments where they're great at things. My daughter Isabella, or actually no, sorry, I I confused them in my own head uh, as my ninety year old Hungarian grandmother does with her grandchildren. That's where I'm at today. But uh, my my oldest daughter has has sung before in like a uh, in like a, 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 com- a communal. What the hell am I saying? At like a as a big function. And she's got a really beautiful voice, and that that I, I'm I, every time she sings in public because it's so sweet. I I I tear up. Right, uh, my twins have had a lot of like you know they've been in a play or they've done this. Everybody and all my girls have had stuff that have gotten me uh, proud of them. But my daughter Olivia, my oldest daughter, who is uh, she's tall for her age, and we put her in basketball this year, and the first couple weeks did not go well. And guys, this weekend, I it, I felt like I, I like I helped birth uh, female Shaq. Uh, my kid was a juggernaut; she was unstoppable. And it's so weird because when it, anybody who's like a parent to a kid, that like you have to go be around other parents who do not always handle sports well. I don't know what it's about sports. Like nobody, when you're if your kid's on stage getting ready for a solo, like Tommy. You need to project your voice. We talked about this. We worked on It's called elocution, Tommy. Nobody does that for that. Or if it's a school play and they miss a line. Everybody's like, line reading? Really? 
Nobody does, only in sports. And so I naturally hate that. Like, I let the coaches coach, and I stay, and I'll clap and I'll cheer, but I don't say, I, I oh, people that talk to their kids. Guys, this weekend about brought it out. I was so proud of this kid. She got her first basket and and beamed, and then not just that. She was a great teammate. Like, uh, one of her teammates missed a free throw shot and just was like, Oh, so close. It was so supportive and so sweet. And guys, I could have talked about that at any point. And I I still would rather be talking about that than the NFC title game. Kayla? My uh, eldest also had a basketball game this past weekend. Yeah. So that's your boy, right? No, the 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 list is a girl. Okay, middle's a boy. Was was she also like female Shaq this weekend? No, she, I we didn't know that she didn't know how to dri- dribble a basketball up until it there's, started a few weeks ago. There, there's a lot of that going around. Um, it's actually really cute because this is like this isn't like the school league yet. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted them to understand like a little bit more nur- nurturing, supportive environment with the you know with the with the basketball and. Uh, Oh, yeah, it's so cute to watch little kids forget that they have to dribble. Uh, in the NBA, It's which, by the way, it's not as cute. happens all the time. But when it's little kids, and you see the refs, and they're like, Tommy, with you the dribbling. You can't just pick it up yeah. and, and run. You can't do that. But I had an opposite, you know, experience than you did. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're realizing that she definitely needs to practice more. But the other team? Mm-hmm. Dirty, lousy cheaters. Oh, that means they were really good, These doesn't it? These girls. They tried. Yeah. 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 It was a tie at the end, but they Wait, were did you, you bows, scratching, eyes, like, yeah, they were they were vicious. Is this a church league? No, this is okay. for the school. Okay. Yeah. That see that that'll be another thing that I really have to work on. I really, really have to work on when other people do things to my daughter that I can't just step out onto the court and kick somebody's ass. I we're not there. It hasn't happened. My kids are playing in a church league. It has not happened. But I know at some point somebody's going to throw a bow on one of my kids, and it's going to take a lot. I'm going to have to walk out of the the, the gym uh, to avoid a felony. So uh, with that, I we should I want to tell you the one thing that I think the NFL does need to learn from the NFC title game, because I think from the AFC title game, I think the thing you learn is uh, referees still aren't perfect. They're going to work on that. I don't know how you work on it. I don't know how you fix it. I mean, I, I, intensive year-round officiating training. If you if you get too many blown calls in a in an NFC title game or AFC title game, do you have to go to officiating rehab? Right. I was taken out of context. Um, I don't know how you fix NFL officiating. I do know how you fix what we saw yesterday in the NFC title game. The NHL does this because listen, that game wasn't just. Uh, non-competitive because the Eagles are phenomenal. By the way, the Eagles are phenomenal. That is the best mix of a team on both sides of the ball, and that front four is as good of a front four as you can have. And by the way, I just completely shorted the defensive secondary between uh, Slay, between Bradbury, between uh, Gardner-Johnson. Oh, I'm still missing out names. That's as complete of a secondary as you can have in the NFL. Dare I say, it's as perfect of a team as you can possibly have unless you just put Nick Chubb at the running back spot for them. That's the only way you can make them better. So with that, 
as good as the Eagles are, that game was non-competitive because for the second half of that game, there wasn't a quarterback playing the game. Brock Purdy getting hurt really, really, really cost us a chance to see how good the 49ers could be with, with Brock Purdy and whether Brock Purdy could beat the Eagles. And they're talking about that might be a rupture in his, his uh, elbow. If he is, guys, the most fascinating quarterback spot this entire offseason is going to be in San Francisco. Because you can make a case for Trey Lance, uh, keeping Jimmy Garoppolo, um, seeing what Brock Purdy has. You can make a case for trading for Aaron Rodgers, all those things in San Francisco. But the second that Josh Johnson got the concussion and couldn't go back in the game, the the fact the NFL doesn't have a contingency and that for most of that uh, that second half, they were basically running a wild cut. I, mean, I don't care that Brock Purdy actually came back in and stepped in. Kyle Shanahan admitted after the game he couldn't throw any more than 5 to 10 yards. So the NHL needs to follow the or sorry, the NFL needs to follow the NHL's model. If the backup goalie gets hurt in the NHL, they bring some dude that the team pays to be there, of the emergency goalie, who by the way, not even affiliated with a team. Like a couple years ago the Carolina Hurricanes won a game with their backup goalie who actually had a pretty good game. The NFL needs to come up with actual emergency quarterbacks. And I'm okay with it's just, let's say it would have been the third string quarterback, right? Or a practice squad quarterback. Whoever's on the roster but isn't active. If the first two quarterbacks are not healthy enough to go in the game, that's the one position. If it happens at punter, deal with it. I don't care. If it happens at long snapper, deal with it. They got guys that can block. The reality is that game was stink on crap because there wasn't a quarterback that was shooting up. And even so, even with down to no quarterbacks, with the goat, with the, literally the husk of, of Brock Purdy, but nothing more, all that Kyle Shanahan took yesterday was criticism. Oh, he's running the ball to, to, to run this thing out. He's not trying to win. Guys, they couldn't throw the ball. Oh, Shanahan clock management. I saw, uh, oh, I can't remember the guy's name, but he's kind of a, it's like a, a YouTube reporter that covers the 49ers saying that game was proof that Kyle Shanahan can't win the big game. With Christian McCaffrey is his wildcat quarterback. Or maybe, just maybe, the NFL's stupid rule of well, if your two quarterbacks can't play, I guess you're going to have to play a wide receiver or a running back or whoever your emergency quarterback is. Completely avoidable. And you might say, because this will be the thing that I, I do think people say, well, it's an anomaly. Very rarely happens. It only has to happen once for it to suck the life out of one of the most important games of the NFL season. So I don't care that it's only happened once in recent memory. Because I bet you there have been some times that quarterbacks have been hurt, their backups go out and get hurt, and so the starter, who's the healthier guy, has to go out and play. I guarantee you that actually happens more than we know. The NFL needs emergency backup quarterbacks already on the roster who can go in and only go in if the first two quarterbacks are hurt. I really don't want to see Christian McCaffrey line up in the wild card and act like he was going to throw when everybody knew he was going to get run over 
sucked the life out of that game. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.